We've all been taught to start, run, and grow a business, and that would lead you to success. That model in those days are over. So welcome everyone to WorkPod. And today we have with us Kent uh, Billingsley. So if you are here to learn about how to get your revenue model right, how to get your uh, profitability right, you're on the right show. Uh, Kent is an expert in that and he runs uh, a company called the Revenue Growth Company. Pretty pretty clear on, on what he does. And then he's the author of the book Entrepreneurs to Millionaire, which we'll uh, dig into at the later part of the conversation. So Kent, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Very nice to be here. Awesome. So, so walk us walk us through um, our audience. Why why focus on revenue? What is so fascinating about revenue? Yeah, and uh, I, I actually I'm, I'm going to go back 25 years. I'm going to go way back, and uh, I was uh, working inside a large corporation, and I was actually doing Salesforce optimization, implementing complex sales methodologies, and things like that. And the leadership had asked me to form a team and go back and look at their organizations, their strategic business units, and, and try to uncover or discover um, how they could bring more consistent growth, uh, continue to be competitive. But really, at the end of the day, it is to learn how to make money, how to, how to optimize their business uh, using the resources they already have. And so... Um, <clears throat> That's been my focus all my life and, and or for the last 25 years. And, and I want to go ahead and, and, and expand on the question that you've got. And, and one of the things is that business growth and, and how I define revenue growth are two different concepts. And, and, and it's really important that your audience starts to learn and understand the differences because one will help you build a bigger business. The other one is going to help you create wealth inside your business which is more critical today than ever before. Interesting. So uh, if, if you look at the business nowadays, rarely we hear about the word revenue. So all, all we hear about is uh, growth. And I think even if you look at look, look from the stock, uh, from the financial numbers point of view, if you look at the price earning ratio of many companies that exist today, it looks like we are living in a, in, in, in a different world today. Right, so many companies they keep on raising money without showing any road to revenue, uh, any clarity, and and with this sort of this this hyper growth phenomena, and having no insight on the on the revenue, how do you how do you bring that to peace uh, in your journey to fix growth uh, in these companies? Yeah, so it's been interesting in the thousands of clients we've had in our programs on occasion, we, we get that client that says our, our goal and our game is market share. It, we're, we're, we're just gobbling up market share. We're not about profitability. We're not about um, are, are we making any money doing it? Amazon's a great example. Uber, there's a lot of companies that uh, they're on a quest or a mission uh, to grab the market share as fast as they can because they know their competitors at their heels they're trying to do the same thing. We, we get those clients and, and you know what? I never tell a client, a, a CEO or an entrepreneur what their goals need to be. I, I just try to understand them and say, all right, well, let me help you build the model that will help you achieve those goals in the fastest time using the fewest resources. Be, because the valuation of a company at the end of the day is still, does it make money? Is it going to be profitable at some point? And, and I would say, you know, I'm trying to think of a percentage, maybe. 
95 to 97% of our clients, they need to show profitability. They need to show cash flow, cash on hand. They need to create working capital. They need to have money in the bank today. And I'll talk about that later that really drove the name of the book is um, so many companies are getting wiped out today because they have no money in the bank. They, they, they ran so lean and they spent their money to achieve growth and they might have gotten bigger. Now they can't survive. Interesting. And, and in your journey, so what are um, some of the, um, what we call pitfalls that, that you find um, people that you are, you are helping or supporting or, or, or engaging with that they fall into when it comes to their understanding of revenue or road to the revenue? So what would you say? Yeah, I, I, the, the biggest thing today is uh, still following uh, philosophies and paradigms from last century. Um, and, 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 and those things include, uh, if I build it, they will come. Um, I, I need to spend money to make money. Uh, sales is sales. I mean, there, there's just so many paradigms that, that actually worked last century. Half my career was last century, 20 years, and half my career has been this century. Um, those, those were good models last year. One, here's another one, uh, to be successful as an entrepreneur or a business owner, uh, start, run and grow a business. And, and if you do that, there's a good chance you'll be successful. Those days are gone. <laughs> there is no correlation to growing a business and being successful today. And, and, and yet tens of thousands, maybe millions of entrepreneurs, business owners, and their employees are all following these models. And, and I've come along starting 25 years ago and I've said, you know, um, let's, let's, let's test those models. Let, let's fight through those models to see which ones will continue to work over time. And, and, and so um, that's, that's the great mistake today is, is following and believing uh, the models that worked last century will still work today. And here's the reason. They kind of do work. Uh, you'll hear a story every day about some entrepreneur, he, he, he started, ran, or she started and ran a business and sold it and they're successful. I've got, I've got 500 stories of them not going anywhere, but, but nobody writes those stories. We write the percentages, but we always hear about that one. Oh, well, I need to do that. I need to follow that model. And, and, and really you don't, um, that we're still the, the one that if I build it, they will come. Uh, meaning that if I offer this product or service, I'm, I'm going to have a market. I'm going to have a business. I'm going to be successful. Um, they're not. You're, the prospects aren't calling. They're not coming. They're not returning emails. There's too many choices, uh, too many options, uh, too many disruptions. Uh, business ha has transformed externally on levels no one ever imagined or dreamed. Yet most companies are still operating the same on the inside. Interesting. So, um, uh, if you look at the times today, uh, if you if you look at, uh, we are in the middle of pandemic. COVID has impacted a lot of a lot of business models. Um, it has definitely impacted many companies' ability to think of revenue, let alone staying uh, keeping it themselves alive. How would your um, how would how would you sort of evaluate that scenario? How would you what would you suggest to those businesses? Who said? Who, who were saying? Hey, I can't even talk about growth, let alone revenue. What would you? What would you say to those guys? Yeah, and and so we go back to the the beginning. We go back to into a phase that I call revenue ready. And 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 back in that phase is where uh, the real reason, the real genesis for starting a business, which is solving 
a marketplace problem or exploiting a marketplace opportunity. We go back to those days and say, is that still true? Is that problem still exist and in the same way it did, or has it morphed or evolved? In many cases, it has morphed or evolved. I, I'm, a, I'm living the example. Um, I can't do back of room sales. I can't, uh, we were just talking today about trying to do a book signing event. I can't get more than 10 people in a room in most venues. I mean, my models that I worked under the last 20 years have been shattered. So the good news is several years ago, I was already transitioning and morphing my models, my content, my products, all those things because, and I didn't see the pandemic coming. I just knew the business was being disrupted. It was being commoditized and everybody's business is. And, and, and so you've got to go back and say, okay, the thing that if you've been in business 10 or 20 years, is the reason we formed our business back then still here today? How has it changed? And is our model supportive of that new paradigm? If not, you've got to change. And in almost all cases, it's changed. Okay. And um, if, if, we, if we think about um, last 20, 30 years, Right, so we are seeing dot com. We have seen uh, yeah. dot burst. We have seen uh, financial market crash. We have seen so there has been a lot of uh, cyclical um, evolution that has happened, and that's why business models are constantly being disrupted and 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 being rechallenged. How would you? How would you like? How would you see that um, as 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 a guide when it when it when it comes to businesses' ability to fix the revenue model when things are changing so rapidly fast? And, yeah. and they don't get a time to sort of solidify a, a, a business model. Oh, yeah. So you want to attack this several different ways. One of those ways is you should always be transforming. You should always be looking at your model and adapting to the changes and, and as best you can predict those changes. And another way, and I spend a, a whole chapter talking about you should have multiple revenue streams. Those uh, restaurants that, that had basically all walk-in traffic and no other revenue streams, they're, you know, if whether the government shut them down or for whatever reason clients didn't come through their door, most of them are out of business and may never open again. But, but those that, and I've helped some, many of those understand that, well, why aren't you doing catering? Why didn't you get in the B2B space besides the B2C? Uh, why weren't you prepared operationally for delivery or takeout? Uh, every business must have what I call a Goldilocks of revenue streams. You don't want to have too many, 15, 20, or 30, but you do want to have a Goldilocks. Now, the more advanced is you have what are called non-traditional or non-conventional revenue streams. And, uh, and examples like that are insurance companies that, that use the money to invest in the markets to, to uh, make their money. Uh, McDonald's is in the real estate business as opposed to the burger business. I mean, uh, those are getting into more non-traditional, non-conventional ways to generate revenues. And that's why I separate out. I say sales, revenues, and profits, because if, if you can uh, uh, create those other revenue streams, you can, you can take on a lot more risk or you can get through a lot more tough economic times. So, so you want to attack this different ways. Uh, an, another way is, is, and I spent a chapter talking about this, is morphing your model over time uh, to make sure that you're prepared for if things happen. And, and you, you bring up a, a very astute point. You don't look old enough to know these things. Uh, but yes, I, I've lived through the, the uh, SNL crisis. I've lived through the, in the 90s, there was a crisis in 2000, the tech wreck, and then there was 
we thought we were going to have Y2K. Uh, and then there was the 2007, 2008. Every one to two uh, times a decade, there is a major crisis that just comes through like a tsunami and wipes out a lot of businesses. We know that. Prepare for that. Be ready. This is why it's so critical today to create wealth in your business so you can take on those monsoons, not just that rainy day. So you're, you're, you're absolutely right on in, in your comment. Well, well said, um, Ken. So if you, are, um, if you are a business today and, and you're grappling the fact whether I should be a growth company or a revenue company, and, and, and so how would you see it? Like, what, do I need, are these situational based or, or how would you evaluate that? Which one I should be siding more? And, and, and what, what do you say? Yeah, uh, I, I mean, you can always choose what you want to be, but at the end of the day, it's the market. What's the potential in what I call scope and scale? In, in other words, what's the, the, and I call it the fundamental marketplace problem. What, what's the scope and scale of the problem you're solving? And, and what's the uh, future earnings potential of solving those problems and in what way? Um, it, not, every, not every market is a sustainable, viable, high profit business. And, and so you kind of have to work through that. And that's where I think you need alignment between your business goals for your venture and, and then what the market can create or bear. Um, and, and that's where a lot of entre entrepreneurs make mistakes. They just they get so excited about, oh, the, the, the market's enormous and, and you know, I'm going to make all this money. And they really don't realize that um, it, on the spectrum of what I call wants and needs for scope and scale, uh, people really won't pay for what they have. This new generation coming through, it's a, it's a phenomenon in itself. This is one of those market forces, the new generation coming through. I have an 11-year-old. Uh, he doesn't want to pay for things. He thinks everything should be free. <laughs> How do you run a business when everything's free? His free. His videos are free. It's, it's, everything's free. <laughs> so he just his paradigm is it's all free, Dad. So I don't know why you get worried about bills or paying for things. It's all free. <laughs> that that that's a great point, Ken. So, what do you say about that? So, what what do you say about this expectation of new generation and new business model, which are yeah. primarily focusing on let's figure out the growth, we'll figure out the revenue later on, and yeah. many times many businesses they just keep on raising. It's it, the, most of the uh, like Silicon Valley, in any market you look at today, they're all going through their bubble, in which they have they're still figuring out their way to revenue model, and they're just yeah. raising like crazy. What? How would you grapple that fact? Well, I, I think uh, the the message I've gotten in my in my forty year career now is that that all markets, all industries, all companies are under attack. That that they, they, they are all uh, under attack to be commoditized. That you're going to at some point in time probably have to offer your products or services for almost no margins or for free. You go back 10 or 15 years, uh, well, let me go back 20 years. I remember doing video conferences like this were $1,000 an hour. Hmm. Today, there's so many platforms, I can't name them all. And, 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 and so my, my point being is that, you know what, the, the, the problem anymore isn't video conferencing. Uh, the problem today is how do you monetize video conferencing? And, 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 and that's where businesses have to come along and say, gosh, I need different revenue streams. I need to offer a different model. Uh, to doing this to solve the problem because the problems changed, the markets changed, and the money disappeared. And 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 so I, it's in. It, 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 let me. It, it brings up another point I want to share with you. Working with large corporations, 
they almost have some, almost all of them have some form of change or transformation initiative. But there's some phenomenon about companies under 100 million, especially private, they don't have a single change or transformation initiative. And, 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 and to me, that, that is like you're getting to choose your death date. Hmm. Because that model, whatever you're doing, and I don't care what it is, is going to be uh, wiped out or competitors will come in and take it over. And so um, you should be constantly working at Now, we, do, we don't be whipsawing and, and too many entrepreneurs they actually do too much experimenting. But we do want to have in, in place some initiative that's saying, hey, uh, is this helping us adapt? Is this helping us be ready? Is this helping us stay optimized as the markets are changing? So, so for example, I have, I have friends in the speaking business that that was their model. That model's gone. And, and, and they're, you know, trying to make money doing Zoom presentations, it, it's just not there. So now they're having to try to adapt to other methods and models. Um, and, and I, you know, I tell a lot of people, I go, you, you, you can't repair your house in the storm. You've you got to prepare your house before the storm comes. That's, that's a very clever point. So in your journey, um, when you talk to uh, many of these customers, what are some of the some of the misconception of revenue that that you that you keep hearing that you say okay no it's not that hard it's just so what are some of the misconception that 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 you think that yeah. people have uh and i wish we had two days because i have so many <laughs> i i think that the first one is uh all revenue is good revenue and 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 i'll start at the very top that you know uh all clients are good clients or all clients are the same but all revenue is not good revenue there's quality revenue, there's high margin revenue, there's ease of revenue. Um, it, it's really a spectrum of different things. And, and when you can uh, organize your business and design your models and your methods and, and follow a roadmap, it can take you more toward that high quality, predictable, profitable, repeatable, scalable revenue. Hmm. But too many just, well, revenue is revenue, sales is sales, a dollar is a dollar. And, I, and I'm like, mm. oh, I wish you wouldn't think that way because it really isn't. And, and um, I spend a lot of time helping companies understand how to identify and attract what I call a perfect client profile. Not, not be all things to all people, but actually identify who, who is your best client? Who do you love today? Who would you like to have more of? And, and then I ask this question. Why haven't you designed your company to attract more of them and retain them forever? And they don't have an answer. They just hope that they'll attract the best clients. And I'm saying, it doesn't work like that. Your competitors are fighting. Everybody wants that best client. If your whole organization, your enterprise, isn't designed to attract that best client, you're not going to get them or you won't keep them. And so I think I'll just start at the very top. All revenue is not good revenue. And and um, that's a that's a very fascinating point. So um, how do you? So what would you suggest to these guys? Like what would you what would you suggest are some of the quick fixes? So if if I'm if I'm um, struggling with my revenue, yeah, what are some yeah. of the quick fixes that you could suggest to some guy like me? Okay, just look at these things, and maybe you are you're somewhere there. Yeah, the, the thing I've, I've uh, spent the last 20 years creating, validating, proving is that um, 
no longer here's here's the model and, and let me explain the new model the, the old model was again if i offer it they will come and and, and it was kind of like that was the the golden key to success if i offered superior products excellent customer service or a wow customer experience you've heard the speakers and all the books on these topics i'm going to have a really successful business the, the, those days are gone they're they're absolutely gone uh, and so that 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 golden key to open that padlock to 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 get the profits and that treasure chest or cash in the walls as i call it sometimes the, the key doesn't work anymore on the lock because it's a combination lock. You have to go through a series of steps, a series of phases. You have to know the turns, the steps, and you have to do them in sequence to unlock that lock today to get to the, the treasure of profits and sales and revenues that every company has potential. I, I, it's interesting. Literally every company in the last thousand I've walked through is barely scratching the surface of their sales revenue and profit potential. They're, they, they're, they're growing at 20% where we've had clients that could double. Uh, we had one client, a $5 million client, they doubled their revenues in one meeting. They, wow. they literally walked out of a meeting with a $5 million contract because they understood and, and I helped them understand that if you'll go through this sequence, if you'll follow this combination uh, of work, put these principles in place from from your uh, FMP to your targeting, your packaging, your messaging, and your pricing, if you'll put these in order, your potential is amazing. And what I mean by potential is bigger, better, and, and uh, contracts that are higher margin, easier to get, and, and will come to you. And, and, and when we can do that, when we can um, attract the best clients and, and you don't buy on price, and, and, and you can spend the least amount of uh, dollars and resources and headcount getting it. That's how you create wealth. And it's more important today than ever that you're creating wealth inside your business. So if you are an entrepreneur and, and if, yeah. if you are, say, if someone is listening and watching this and saying, okay, yeah. uh, revenue is important. I get it. Yeah. In, 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 in an entrepreneurial journey or in, in a journey of a startup incubation, uh, when would you think I should seriously consider that okay revenue is a thing or, or like what how would you how would you um, address that if, if you're discussing this with, with an entrepreneur yeah. that okay I don't even know whether my I have this got this handkerchief and it has the business model in it I don't know yeah. whether it works yeah. or not yeah. when should I be really focused on okay I need to put something um, on the revenue side what would you say the first day the, the very first day, you, you, and this is what I call revenue ready. So after you identify that problem in the marketplace and, and you come up with a, a unique model to solve the problem and deliver on the product, services, or solutions, the next one is the revenue streams. How can you make money off this? And, and um, a friend of mine who actually wrote the forward for the book, I remember talking to him years ago, years ago, and we were talking about this very subject. He said, Kit, the real secret is, um, when you think you've got something, share it with somebody and ask them to write you a check. If, if they'll write you a check, you have a real business. If they won't give you money, you don't have a business. And, and that's, that's the essence of revenue ready. And, and, and people are like, well, I got to build it first. I, I had coffee uh, several months back with a friend. He's already put half a million dollars into a product and he was asking my opinion. I said, you already spent half a million too much. And he goes, well, oh, no, I've got to have it. I've got to show it. i got to prove it. I said, no, you don't. No, you don't. You, you have to sell the concept. You have, you have to share the value, pro, uh, value proposition. And, and then ask people, what would you pay for this? 
and and now after I think two years and close to half a million dollars, he doesn't know what people would pay for this. Mm. And and that should have been one of the first questions. And and so if I build this, what would this do for your business? How would it impact your business? How would it make you money or save you money? And and what would you pay to own this? You want to ask that question the first day you think you've got a concept, an idea, or, or a prototype. And, and, and I wouldn't even go any further because, because here's what's interesting is uh, investors uh, and eventually buyers someday, they're all going to ask you that question. What, what's the revenue potential is product? What's the revenue potential? What will people pay and, and how many people will pay that? And that's one of those questions. And, and, and what happens, I see it so many times is uh, we become emotionally connected to our product and we're taught you have to be passionate stop that <laughs> people don't pay you for passion they pay you for impact no, nobody buys and says oh you're so excited about your product i'm going to buy it from you. Nah, maybe back in the 80s T today the game is if that doesn't help my business if that doesn't improve my life if that doesn't solve a problem it's not worth anything to me As a matter of fact even if it does i still don't want to pay for it and, and and so this whole revenue piece is more critical than ever because it's harder to get capital and there's more competitors and and that product as soon as it shows up on Amazon or somewhere will probably be built in some foreign country overnight okay so if if i'm a business if i'm growing i've i've shown growth uh, everything yeah. looks fascinating and uh, i'm i think many people call it it's i'm a, i'm a very big bad business right so i i have growth i have no idea of revenue Right. So I'm just. How do I start? Like, what should I do? I need to hire a team like like yours. How would I yeah. how would I sort of now I want to yeah. fix myself? I know yeah. and I can't yeah. sustain like this. What would you suggest? Yeah. So so the first thing I share with anybody, if you just got a few dollars is is learn the roadmap. Learn that in, in what I've spent 20 years and, and probably over a million dollars investing, proving, validating in startups to billion dollar firms is there is no secret to business success. There, there is no guaranteed, um, if you do this, you're gonna make money. But there is that roadmap, that combination lock. And, and that's the first thing you wanna learn. Um, and and it's, it's like me, uh, I, I didn't write a book because people need more books. I, I look behind you, look at all those books. You, you don't need another book, but you need a roadmap to understand how to convert your product services, your concepts and ideas into dollars and cash. You, you need to know what's the fastest, most efficient way I, I can turn my concepts into clients, cash and contracts, because that's the number one failure point for entrepreneurs and every business today is they've got the goods, they're great at what they do, but they're not great at making money doing it. And, and that's the thing you have to solve. And, 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 and so to do that, uh, once you learn the roadmap or, you know, go to my website, watch my videos. Um, the key here is that and then and, and if you want a company like ours to come in and help you, we'll help you implement and understand that roadmap. What's interesting is that our whole premise, our whole value proposition is helping you generate the, those revenues, those sales, those profits with the resources you already have. It's fascinating that most small companies can double or triple their sales revenue profits without adding a headcount, without spending another dollar on marketing or social media, and not working another hour. The, the, the small companies are so easy to double and triple the size 
but you have to know how to do it. You have to know the steps. And, and I've talked earlier about revenue ready, how you, the problem you solve, the model, a unique model in the revenue streams. You've then got to really work through getting this market ready, which is who are you targeting? Who is that perfect client profile? And, and, and in that, what are the uh, demographics, psychographics, and then the characteristics? Who is it that I want, they want us? Uh, who is it that would that would will pay top dollar for your value proposition? And then how do, how do we talk to them? And then as I move through it, what I call market ready, you want to go through those phases. And here's this is interesting. An audience the other day just they, this was their big takeaway. And I said, if you haven't gone through the process of revenue ready and market ready, I can almost guarantee you every dollar you spend on marketing and sales is an expense versus an investment. And, and I, I, the whole audience just froze because they were like, wow. And I said, that's the separator between the true entrepreneur and the entrepreneurial business leader is they understand the difference between a cost and an investment. And, and, and if you don't understand that, then what happens is you go to market and you start selling if it's you or you have a team um, or if you start spending money on social media and digital marketing and SEO and all those other things. That's just money that's flying and it's not providing return. You're buying activities, hoping for results, as opposed to investing in production that guarantees results. So that's one of the core messages that I just work so hard to help people understand is for you to generate the most revenue possible and have a highly successful business and to create that wealth, you've got to understand when are you investing and when are you spending? And that's a lot of the work we do is to help companies understand that. I come from the large corporations. I've had, I don't know, thousands of people reporting to me. I don't get excited about headcount. I get excited about results. I don't get excited about activities. I get excited about production. And, and learning those things is, is, a, is, is very important to be successful, whether you're a startup or you're a billion-dollar firm. Yeah. To your point. Who is um, who is responsible for for revenue? So if if I need to point finger in my in my company, yeah, who should I be looking at as uh, some wisdom or at least the guiding light to just at least get things going? What who would you point at, at the for uh, umbrella revenue, which includes uh, sales and then non conventional sales? Um, that that is the the CEO, the leader, the president, the entrepreneur, the person at the top. Now, sales is responsible for sale, excuse me, accountable for sales, um, but shouldn't be totally responsible for all leads and client demand. And, and you bring up a great point I'd like to expand on. One of the failure points today, and, and gosh, almost all companies, um, is that either marketing or sales owns leads or they outsource. And, and I'm like, well, actually, no, I, I want parts of your enterprise, all parts, including your strategic partners, responsible for creating demand, but I like to see marketing accountable. And, and what I mean by that is I want the enterprise all helping attract new clients. I don't want everybody in sales. I can't stand that. It's just a turnoff. But I do want everybody creating demand. You can get leads and new demand from your support organization solving clients' problems. You can get new demand, new contracts, uh, leads coming from delivery or operations. You can get leads, some of your best leads ever coming from your strategic alliances. 
Well, those should all filter into marketing and marketing must be accountable that the company is getting the number and quality of leads it needs each month. They're accountable. Sales is accountable for conversion, turning that prospect or contact into a contract. They're accountable, but all, again, parts of the organization and the enterprise should support the conversion process and take some responsibility in whether the company is producing its sales numbers or not. It shouldn't be on the shoulders of individuals and it shouldn't be on a department. It's gotta be holistic today. It's gotta be what I call a systems approach. So, so I hope I've answered that question properly is at the end of the day, it all comes to the top, but then we have different departments that are accountable for the responsibility from everyone. This is how we optimize your sales revenue and profits with minimum resources. So in in your um, in your journey so far, helping thousands of companies getting the revenue model right, have you ever given a pass to someone saying, "Okay, your growth is amazing. It's okay. Just don't worry about the revenue." Um, there are there are times I've uh, I've I've wanted companies to focus more on the profitability side. In, in other words, their growth might be so fast that they're 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 just throwing things at the wall to see what sticks. I'm I'm very much about controlled growth, but that doesn't mean there's a a CAGR number. That doesn't mean that you're at 20% compounded or 40% compounded. I think there are years in there you might double. There are years in there that you might hit 30%, and that's that's achieving optimization. Now, in the public companies, and I've helped run public companies. I mean, those are already dictated. You've got to hit a particular 20, 30, 40% CAGR because the analysts expect it. So now we have to kind of massage and manage the demand to do that. But in some cases, I actually want to roll companies back if they're not making money. Because, see, at the end of the day, my, my premise is creating wealth. My, my premise is not how big you are, not how fast you got there. It's creating wealth internally for, for you because... Wealth in a company, the, the, the cash, the cash flow, the cash on hand, the working capital, uh, that just solves 99% of all business problems. I, I want to share a statistic with you. This is interesting. 98% of all entrepreneurs struggle with cash, cash on hand, cash flow, uh, inconsistent cash flow, almost no working capital. That was pre-COVID. Wow. Now that we're in COVID, it's, it's just they're, they're, they're being slaughtered. And, and, and that's because they never understood, oh, my business needs to make money. My business needs to generate profits and cash flow for the good and bad times. And, and so there are times we can have that fast growth, that, that fast uh, uh, revenue growth and extreme profitability. That's beautiful. As a matter of fact, I, I, I like that, um, but I always want the profitability first. I always want the company, if that's their goal, uh, to be attractive financially. Uh, to give them the cushion inside, take the stress off of them, or have the investors or buyers look in and go, wow, that's, that's a phenomenal economic engine. I will pay you top dollar. Had a, had a client that, and I don't remember the original numbers when we started, 5, 10 million, 15 million. I, I transformed their sales force, really helped with their messaging and some other work. They sold somewhere between 125 and 150 million. It was far beyond what the CEO had ever expected. And and what happened was we got their economic engine running so well that they had buyers auction. They had buyers bidding and then bidding up the value to buy it because it was so attractive. 
And, and, and that's what you want to focus on. And I also tell entrepreneurs and business owners, because I have, I, I have clients that are, uh, they own family businesses. They never want to sell them. I'm, I'm like, okay, that's fine. But I want you to think or plan that you would one day. Hmm. I, I, I want you to uh, plan, and you saw the old franchising phrase, plan that you're going to be a franchise someday, whether you are or not. Hmm. And, and, it, and it changes the dynamics because now all of a sudden it becomes a system and, and not a family running things. It, it becomes a system, not lots of management. It becomes a system versus putting pressure on all the people to hit those numbers. So, so those are some examples to, to help. So this is, this is the perfect segue to, to your book, um, okay. Entrepreneurs for Millionaire. So yeah. when, I think so when I, when I heard your title and, and full disclosure, so first I was bummed out. It was like, such a such easy title, right? So, but yeah. then as an entrepreneur, when I, when I think about it, it's like, no, it makes perfect sense. Although you're running a business, the business is showing good numbers. But you end up like many of us don't take money out of the out of the out of the bucket, so we don't systematically plan. And I said, yeah. this is if you're an entrepreneur, to you this is like this is very very um, apt title that just it just it just raised the antenna. I said, okay, yeah, like you should think about the the millionaire part uh, slightly more because otherwise you will be you'll have a a massive business and you'll not take you'll just be always be afraid of taking anything out of it. So yeah. tell us your journey to picking that name. Oh, yeah. That's, I love that question. Thank you. Um, because the, the word millionaire has been hijacked and it's, it's kind of has different connotations. But the way I want people to look at it is if you think of there's tens of thousands of businesses right now. And if that entrepreneur had seven figures in the bank, they could get through the next six months, a year, maybe two years without having that million, without having that, that money in the bank. They're going to close in those dreams. And, and I have to share with you, there are really great companies with really great products that are going away forever. Yeah. That's the thing that really tears me up. We, there's a restaurant in our, our town that, that closed. It was a really great restaurant. We'll never see it again. I, and and uh, all the people that were employed there, there those jobs are gone. So that's, that's really um, tears me up. But I'll give you the insights of how the name came uh, I was having lunch with a friend one time over here near us. There's a town called Addison in, in far north Dallas. And we were sitting at lunch, and I was kind of explaining what I do. And I said, hey, you know, I can walk inside any company. I can triple their sales, their revenue and profits using their existing resources. And I went on and on. He just kept eating. He goes, yeah, that's great. Okay, that's cool. You sound like everybody else. And, and I'm like, wow, that, that didn't connect. And I'm like, no, that's not like any, everybody else. Nobody's got that kind of value proposition. And then I and I said, well, let me share with you. And I started pointing around while I was in the room. I see, okay, right over there was a technology company. There was a software firm. Over here was a staffing company. Uh, over here was a wealth management company. And I just kind of went around. I said, within within a few miles, these have been all these clients that I've helped make millionaires and multimillionaires. I have taken so many entrepreneurs to millionaires that you wouldn't believe it. And, and all of a sudden, that connected. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, he stopped eating. He looks at me and goes, "Okay, now how'd you do it? What are you, <laughs> what are you doing?" And 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 this was several years back, and um and and it was interesting. And 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 I was working on the book and working on titles and working through that process. And I went back to that story and I go, "What was the thing that's connected with people as I've spoken around the world?" And and it's the fact that so many people want to be entrepreneurs, and so many people want to be millionaires. But they don't know how to go from here to here. 
they don't have a roadmap. They don't have a methodology. They're, they're just throwing things at the wall, hoping they're going to be successful someday. And, and I said, you know, and, and I was working with uh, some of my uh, friends uh, consulting me through the publishing process. I shared with them, you know, uh, entrepreneur to millionaire, and I gave them other titles, and they're like, no, no, it's that's it. It's it's entrepreneur to millionaire. That that that's that's the path. That's the roadmap. That's you're an entrepreneur. What do you want to be? Do, do you want to like drive around, and go, hey, I got a big company, or I drive a big car? No, you want to you want to be secure. You, you want to have the money in the bank to do whatever you want. Now, if if people want to buy gaudy, fancy cars and big mansions, not that's cool. What I care about is have they delivered phenomenal value to the marketplace, the community? Have they built a company to to, to create great jobs for people? Have they helped their employees uh, with retirement and put a million dollars in the bank so these people can have good lives in retirement? So I look at that as don't get hung up on a millionaire, but get hung up on the result that what it can do for people if you follow this roadmap and do it right. And 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 the title entrepreneur to millionaire isn't just about the leader. It's also about the employee. And, and uh, I take pride in the fact in, in my in, in running public companies and running private companies, I've helped employees become millionaires sometimes within a year. And, 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 and not because we were doing some real estate gigs or some, you know, crazy stuff. Um, we were methodically delivering extreme value propositions to the marketplace and we were getting paid to do that. These were, uh, from technology companies, consulting companies, all different kinds of companies that I've helped run. Um, so that's that's really the title, or better yet, the roadmap, and and getting you from there to there. So I I love that question. Thank you for asking that. Pretty pretty fascinating. And and um, another fascinating thing um, in your book is it's forwarded by Mark Cuban. Yeah. How 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 to get Mark Cuban to forward your book? Okay. What's the secret sauce behind that? Yeah, and uh, so. I, I've actually known Mark for 40 years, and 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 I have to laugh today because once once he became a, a billionaire, everybody was his friend. Mm. <laughs> but uh, although we went to the same college, we didn't know each other. We met in a parking lot in North Dallas at an apartment complex. I had just moved in. I had on my Indiana shirt. He was walking by, and he said hi, and, and I said hi, and he goes, "Hey, I went to Indiana University." I said, "Wow, cool." He goes, "My name is Mark." I said, "My name is Kent." This was like 1982, I mean, close to 40 years. And so we've been lifelong friends. And I'll tell you, his journey has just been amazing. I, I couldn't be prouder of my friends like Mark that have just gone through the stratosphere. I mean, he has just been so amazing in his success. But anyway, so uh, I had moved over to Hong Kong. I was helping around the EDS Asia Pacific and uh, I moved back, built out a software company. I had a lot of success. I kind of retired. We, I was up in his uh, suite. He had bought the Mavericks, and I was up in his suite at the Mavericks. And I can't remember the exact year, 2002, 2003, somewhere in there. And we were talking, and he goes, Kent, what are you doing now? Where, where are you spending my, your time? And I said, well, I'm, I'm just working with a lot of companies at one time. I'm going in and a lot of businesses, for entrepreneurs and some CEO friends. I'm just working with a lot of companies. And he said, oh, okay. And uh, as we were talking, I, I shared with him, I said, Mark, here's what I'm seeing. And, 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 and it's no longer a pattern. It's, a, it's, it's absolutely consistent. Every company I walk into, they're really good at what they do. They, they have great products. They have great services. They have great 
customer experience. I mean, they're just, it's incredible. But here's the problem. They're not great at making money doing it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so few companies really make much profit. Their margins are thin. They're just, um, there are all kinds of cash struggles. And he nodded. He goes, he goes, yeah, I know. He <laughs> smiled. And, and I said, um, I, I said, as I get more case studies and I work on this, and now thousands of case studies later, I said, I'm going to put together a book and, and, and talk about this. How do you solve this problem? And he, and he made, a, he made a, a commitment or a promise that night. He said, Kent, I totally agree with you. He said, you write the book. I'll read it. If I like it, I'll, I'll write the forward for you. And I said, wow, OK. And, and then, you know, three or four months ago when I was getting the manuscript finished, I said, Mark, do you want me to write the four and have you edited? He goes, no. Wow. <laughs> now, you know, Mark, Mark, <laughs> Mark's not easy. Mark's demanding. <laughs> and, and, I mean, Mark's just going to call it out. And, and, and so I sent him over the manuscript and I'm sweating for a few weeks because he's going to come back. And go, this is total trash. I don't buy it any of them. I think it stinks. And he, and he would have said that. And uh, he wrote back literally a page and a half of a forward and, and, and in essence said every entrepreneur needs to understand this. He said he wished he would have had it when he started and, and it's a must read book. And, and I sent the, I sent his email to the editors and they didn't change a single word. So the forward that's in the book are the exact wow. words that he wrote because like me, we're all trying to help entrepreneurs. We're all trying to help business leaders be more successful. We're all trying, especially now today in COVID, I, I, I'm on a crusade like him and others. We've got to help you. My mission, everybody's got their mission. My mission is helping entrepreneurs learn how to create wealth. My mission is helping business leaders and employees learn how to create wealth inside their company. Uh, the, 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 the failure rate for entrepreneurs and businesses is horrific. More mm. stimulus money, all these, those are not solutions. Mm. Those are band-aids that will go away quickly. Um, and, and I'm I'm on this crusade. Say you got to change. You've got to morph. You've got to throw away your old models and paradigms. You've got to get onto a roadmap that helps you understand creating wealth inside a company. And so so Mark wrote the forward and sent it to me. And um, yeah, that that that's the story. And and uh, I, you know it's that, that literally I planted that seed. Gosh, eighteen that's, years ago, nineteen wow. years. Ago. So 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 I think so. So the, the summary is: be a friend of Mark for forty years, and then probably he'll write. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, well. It, and, it, and it wasn't a friendship because we we've had we've battled it out on things. I, I've been with him many times, and and we get into a subject. Oh my gosh, we don't talk politics anymore. <laughs> we get into topics, and and he'll go, I I think you're blah blah blah, and then I'll get into it. I said, Well, I lived in China. I know that. If I see, I mean, we'll 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 fight. I mean, I I can't say my ego's his size. I mean, he's he's a brilliant guy. He, he's just an absolutely brilliant guy. And I absolutely respect uh, him and what he's accomplished. And I, I love the, the note of validation because right. he, he would call it out. He doesn't just give stamps of approval. So um, who is this book for? So when, when you wrote it, like who is the, yeah. in your mind, who is the ideal reader that, that you wrote it for? You know, you bring up a, another wonderful question. I'll tell you what, I wish I had more people like you interviewing me with these questions. I love them. Um, what I have found in, in the last 20 years working with CEOs, entrepreneurs, business owners, small business owners, all that is that, uh, my target audience has nothing to do with size of company, demographic type of company, or any of those things. I'm targeting an entrepreneur 
who truly is entrepreneurial. Whether you're the CEO of a billion dollar company or a hundred million dollar division, or you're doing a startup, my whole message is if you're a leader today and you don't understand to be how to be entrepreneurial, you're going to be left behind. And, and, and so my whole message is to those people uh, that, that really are saying, you know what, I, whatever role or whatever company I'm in, I've got to be an entrepreneur today. But more important, I, I've got to give you this point. Hmm. One of the big ahas is I was doing the research on my book and I, I look back through my notes. I've delivered 10,000 hours of content around the world in dozens of countries. I look back through my notes and I said, what was it that, that, that made certain clients or what was it? What was the differentiating factor that made certain clients so hyper successful, retire tomorrow riches and just, I mean, just kill it that, you know, that one of my clients, I think he bought five homes on Lake Travis in Texas, which is one of the most beautiful lakes in Texas. He got five massive homes down there from the success of his business. And I said, what was it? And I looked through my notes and I studied and I, and I spent hours and hours and hours. And I came back and I go, almost everybody in our programs called themselves or thought of themselves as entrepreneurs. Mm. But the differentiating factor were those who were entrepreneurial. And, and that's one of the things I share a little bit about that in the book is that you can call yourself an entrepreneur. That's a title. That's a tag. That's a role. But being entrepreneurial is how you think differently and execute differently. And, and, and so back to your question, and it's a great question. My, my book is for those people that say, I, I need to be an entrepreneur. I need to be entrepreneurial. I need to learn how to lead my company differently. Or I'm an employee. I don't want to be an entrepreneur and just go start a new company. I need to be entrepreneurial inside my company. And, and let me expand that just a little bit because it's so important. Because it, people are throwing these words around entrepreneur, entrepreneurial, entrepreneur, all those things. And, and it, it's like, again, entrepreneur is just kind of a, a title. It, it's a role. Mm-hmm. Entrepreneurial, how you think differently. And, and some of those uh, things that I observed in my notes and studies is uh, what I call high spectrum entrepreneurial behavior. An example of that is that um, business owners, business leaders, they're all problem solvers. Being entrepreneurial was being very creative problem solver. An example of that is solving a very complex problem and not using any money or headcount or resources to do it. That's creative problem solving. And, and, and so what I've discovered is that most people, even if they call themselves an entrepreneur, are just small business owners or, or they're small business leaders, even if they have a big company. And, and, and so I, I went through, I started to identify these characteristics. I list a few of them in the book. Uh, Truly being entrepreneurial means understanding how to not take risks because, you know, entrepreneurs take risks. No, learning how to take calculated risks. Being really entrepreneurial is when you understand the difference between an investment versus an expense. I'm back to burning money, spending money to make money versus, wow, if I invest in, in designing the right sales organization, that will provide a return on me versus I spend money and I get a lot of activities. So, so there's a lot of these high spectrum entrepreneurial traits that I discovered that separated out so many of these folks that, that just, I mean, literally generate a retire tomorrow riches. And, and, and that's the thing that I look for. That's the kind of people I want to come to me that say, Kent, I, I need to be entrepreneurial. I need my employees to be entrepreneurial. How do we do it? What's the roadmap? What's the methodology? What's the process? That's, that's my mission to educate. Um, so in, in- um, 
who is um, so who would the, who um, if you say someone who doesn't need this book who would that be like who would you you call that hey they are covered well uh, well I, I uh, somebody that doesn't need this book is is probably not in business <laughs> I literally they're not in business or they're happy they're satisfied now I, I'll I'll share this and I I may lose some friends here but I sent this book out I sent the manuscript out to about twenty five people. Five of those people, I only sent half the book because I didn't want it all floating on the internet. Half of those people chewed up that first half of the book, like within the first 24 hours, and demanded I send them the second half. Those five people are the most successful of those 25 people. Hmm. Again, another, another entrepreneurial, not entrepreneur, but entrepreneurial trait is thirsty learner. Right. I don't want to be left behind. I've got to be the smartest person in the room not not the smartest to over everyone but i've got to be the smartest about this subject i've, I've got to be the smartest leader in how to create wealth these people ate this up and like literally demanded i send them the other half immediately so within 72 hours four days they had read the whole book they just gobbled it up they sent me back pictures of everything they had highlighted and and they were chewing it up and the correlation between those that are very successful running their companies and those that are doing okay were those that, that just gobbled this up. And, and so people that don't need this, I just say are people that are satisfied or happy or they've got a good business and, and that's okay. The problem with that, it, because they think, well, you know, my business is running okay. I'm saying, yeah, but what's the disruption you don't know about? What's the health crisis that's right around the corner? What, what's, what's the issue you're going to have to resolve? Uh, your, one of your best employees quits and goes to your competitor. Every business faces these challenges and issues. And the only way, only thing that will get you thrown is the ability to generate cash and profits and, and create wealth inside your company. So if you, if, and if you, don't, if you don't want to do that, that's okay. That's not, that's not my perfect client profile. Yeah. So if, if you want to um, say a racks to riches story when it comes to entrepreneur to millionaire book context, do you have any story to share with us? Someone who's like a picture perfect, uh, before and after uh, model oh. when it comes to the business model, how they, they transform their company. I, I mean, uh, just just hundreds, literally, literally hundreds. Um, I, and I'll, I'll, sh I'll just share one story that I, I, I think is a beautiful story of pure entrepreneurialism. Um, the, guy, the guy's name uh, was Ben. And um, we had met, I was doing a seminar and his marketing person was at the seminar and she, and she said, you've got to come meet my CEO. We need what you've got. So I, I go to meet Ben and the, and the executive team, and we're talking. I go, Ben, tell me about your business. What? How'd you get started? He goes, Well, I was uh, I was down in Houston, and um, and this was gosh, twelve years ago, I think, fourteen years ago. I was down in Houston, and he said, um, I just left a client meeting. I got back in the rental car, and I was trying to get through the toll booth to get to the airport to get back to see my son's soccer game. And he said that uh, I got stopped at the toll booth because back then you had to have change. They didn't take credit cards. You had to have change or write a check. And the, and the line was really long. He finally got through it, missed his flight, and missed his son, I think, championship soccer game. He was devastated. He was frustrated. And he, his background, he had worked at Microsoft along with some of his other executives. And he, and he he got home that night, and his son was really disappointed in him. And 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 so he said to himself, he goes, "I'm going to solve this problem. He goes, I'm I'm going to fix this." 
And, and so he got together with some of his friends and, and built a team and they developed the technology um, and the company's name was Rental, and they, they created the technology to go in rental cars so you could just drive right through the toll booths. Mm-hmm. Everybody has that today. Mm-hmm. But back then, it was a nightmare problem if you were trying to get through a toll booth in Texas, like many other states. Right. So, so I met these guys when they were pre-revenue, and they were in my, my, my high-intensity ramp program for several years. And I know at some point in time, they sold right around 12 to 15 million. I know Bennett sometimes has said higher numbers, but they had sold for 12, 15 million dollars. That was pure startup, pre-revenue. And, and I'll never forget in, in, in one of the meetings, uh, Ben looked at his team because what one of the persons was kind of hemming and hawing. And well, if we just get the technology right, we'll be OK. And Ben looked at the team and goes, guys, we've been trying all kinds of different things. It hadn't worked. We're going to follow this path or you're going to get fired. Mm. And, and, and that, that to me was, yes, I, I've got to have the person at the top say, this is the path. Everybody get on board. Because one of the problems I've run into in the last five years is I've got the person at the top that absolutely buys into everything I say. And then they've got the saboteurs, the passive resistance. They've got the employees below them going, yeah, that all sounds good, but this too will pass. And, 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 and they're, just, they're just going back to their day jobs as opposed to saying, I have to take some responsibility. I'm an employee. I take responsibility for helping create wealth. A lot of people just go back to their day jobs. So, so that's, an, that's one of my favorite examples because Ben was that entrepreneur. I helped him with two other companies. He's brought me into other companies. Um, him and uh, his uh, co-founder, uh, uh, Deb, um, worked with him, just loved it because, you know, at times they would say, well, t- can't explain it to us. So, so you're giving us this concept or this strategy. Explain why this one versus anything else. I love, I love the debate, but if they go, well, we don't know if we want to do it or not, or I'd leave the room, they'd do something else. I'm like, you know, why am I here? And, and, and so I'm, 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 not, I'm not looking for people that, that just bow down and say, okay, we'll do everything you say just your way. I'm looking for people that say, you know what, we're willing, we're, we have the will, we need the way, and, and guide us and explain it to us why it works this way versus another way. Because I've done this thousands of times in startups to multi-billion dollar companies. I, that's all I do all day. <laughs> Other people do the same job all day. And so it's like I've taken out a thousand brains and put them back in people's heads. Uh, I, I'm I'm the surgeon that knows how to do it, and 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 I can do it faster, sometimes a hundred times faster than anybody else, and 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 so that's the client that I look for that's willing to say, you know what, we've tried other ways, or we don't want to experiment because we don't have the time. Give us a proven path and help us go through it. So if if anyone is watching this um, or, or listening to the show, um, and and they say I want to do like two or three things. Uh, or or you, what are two or three things that they can do tangibly today that will yeah. guide them towards a better future when it comes to revenue generation? What would you? What would yeah. You say? So so and uh, the the book is shipping now. The book just started shipping a few days ago. So the book is shipping. So you can get the book. I think within a day, and I don't know how many countries, but you can get the book within a day for you and your team. Start working through it. It, it, this is not going to be simple stuff. This, this, this is not get rich quick or here's some tips and tricks and techniques. This is, this is uh, a sequence of principles that feed off each other. So once you understand one principle and you're working to get the proficiency, then you're ready for the next one, the next one, insert in four different phases. But get the book, start reading that, watch the videos, read my blog, start getting 
uh, you and your team uh, thinking this way. Stop thinking about business growth. Start thinking about creating wealth inside your business. And again, I'll share creating wealth is when you can generate um, sales, revenue, and profits using the existing resources or no more time, money, and resources doing it. That, that creates that, that, that gap between revenue top line and cost that, that set up your bottom line. That gap is creating wealth. You want to read that, get everybody talking about this, and then reach out to me and, and we'll find a way if I've got a program going on in your city or I've got a workshop or a public uh, event going, get you connected to that. Um, I'll, I'll have some um, assessments and e-courses coming up pretty soon. I've got that out there. I'm trying to give away a lot of content. I've got some videos. The YouTube channel just went live, so I've just got a couple of videos up. I'll, I'm trying to get a few out every day or one out every few days. Um, but get educated. Get knowledgeable of the language, uh, your perfect client profile, PCP, PMT, power messaging tools. Uh, start getting that language. Start getting ready for the roadmap. And then when you're when they're also ready, we get one of my programs, whether it's a group or a high intensity, and then really accelerate this and really help take your business off. And, and, I'll, and I'll just tell people, I go, um, your competitor is doing the same thing. Your competitor now is learning how to create wealth, and that's your wealth they're taking. So there, there are windows here that you don't want to be left behind, and you want to learn this new competency. It's not a skill. It's not a technique. It's a competency. Your company and your people need to be doing this. For, for example, uh, pricing, uh, multiple pricing strategies is a competency. It's not an individual with a skill set. These are core competencies for a company. Those have to be in place, and they have to fit together. A lot of my work is interdepartmental. In other words, marketing has to work with sales and operations. Support has to work with sales and marketing. It's interdepartmental. It's creating this holistic enterprise. Whether you've got three people or 3,000, you've got to work as a system, as a holistic enterprise. So so in, in your journey, if you see a company, and, and so walk me through a company that doesn't need your help. So if suppose... Yeah. Um, if, 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 if suppose I'm watching this and I'm listening to this, if yeah. you say, hey, uh, if you are doing blah, blah, and blah, you are covered, yeah. right? So, so what would that, so, so what would like yeah, two, three I, steps I, that I could think that you say, yeah. okay, you're onto a good start? So a couple of things. One of them is, one, well, here's the problem I always solve. And if, if you've got this one working, you're like in the top 1,000 of 1%. Hmm. If you've got all the high quality leads, if you're creating the demand you need, and it's scaling and growing each month, and you're not spending more money doing it, then you don't need to talk to me. Because that's the thing I always fix. Every company is, is struggling with demand. They're, they're struggling. They've got all the activities. They're doing all the SEO, the social media. They're doing all that. And they're spending a lot of money, but they're not getting the quality of leads they need. They might get the number, but not the quality. So that's the first thing. If you got that one. The other thing is that even if you're, uh, then, then, then we look at the conversion side of this and say, if you're converting all the business you can handle. I did run into this. I, I was working with a, a kiln manufacturer one time. And he came to me and he said, Kent, can we stop the program for a while? I'm running three shifts. I don't have any more people. I can't make any more kilns. <laughs> and, I, and I said, isn't that the problem you wanted? He said, yes. <laughs> so yeah if you don't have any capacity and you can't add any bandwidth on the operations delivery side i don't want to i don't want to choke the the people in the kitchen i think that's 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 a, that's a fascinating so 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 quality of lead 
and you're saying conversions of those lead would would sort of get you yeah. set up on yeah that's that's a, that's a very good starting point so i appreciate that, that 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 would be one situation that i'd almost welcome to see that because i just mm -hmm. never do but if you've got the demand and it's growing because a, a successful company that can't be static you you've got to be generating more quality leads each month now i don't i don't want higher numbers because you read my book more from less I want you generating more business from less leads, um, but that's the first thing because you are going to need more uh, leads and all that. And then if you're converting them in a fast manner and it's costing you almost nothing to convert them. And now the other side of this, the, the third measurement I look at is if your retention is off the charts, uh, if your retention is in the, the you know in the eighty percent, ninety percent, and it's a perfect client profile. A lot of companies have high retention. But their quality of clients terrible, and and I and I hear that all the time. Oh man, we our clients stay with us forever. And I say, well, I'm sorry to hear that because mm -hmm. we've looked at your portfolio and you've got mm -hmm. you've got some clients that, that your competitors won't take. Mm -hmm. they're, they're hard to deal with. They're a pain in the butt. They don't pay on time. They're actually crappy clients. So so part of it is you want to look at your portfolio and say, have I is my portfolio 80, 90 percent of what fits a perfect client profile? That's another optimization measurement. Mm -hmm. Now. All that's fine, but here's the other side of this. To stay optimized and grow and scale is almost impossible. So, so for a company to say, we don't need you, I'm saying, well, maybe not right now, but in six months, 12 months, because the competitive uh, environment has changed, the regulatory uh, uh, requirements have changed, uh, the social uh, and economic re uh, requirements have changed, or the marketplace. So change is always happening because the other side of this, and, for my more advanced clients, and there's a chapter in my book called Blueprinting Optimization. And 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 that is all about continuous transformation. Mm. That's 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 all about that's that that's that ultimate level of how do we continuously achieve and and stay at optimization for year after year after year. It won't be with the same model and the same people and the same product and the same pricing. It it, it won't last. Matter of fact, that used to be years. Those could be months now. And, and, and so in optimization, what are you doing right now to prepare for yourself? You know, this this book really, um, I, I, I committed to write, to finishing and writing this book three years ago. Hmm. So, it, 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 you know, it's coming out now like it's, wow, it's so appropriate, the timing. No, I was, <laughs> you know, I've spent 15, 20 years gathering the case studies, but I committed to finishing it about three years ago. And, and that's what that's my point is you've got to be um, evolving and, and, and transforming your business now for next year and two years and three years. It's great to have this great vision of what you want. I'm saying, no, you should have a great vision of what you need to be. Fascinating. So, Ken, so we are, we are, we are at, the, at the tail end of the conversation. So let's let's um, few questions yeah. about your journey. So yes. um, if I was uh, if I was to ask you what has really helped you become what you have become today? In your success, what what would you attribute those qualities, or what is the secret of your success? Uh, it's it's fascinating. Even in the corporate world, I was entrepreneurial, and 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 some of the times that I had the most fun, I was paid the most money, and I had had the most freedom was when I had that job with no title and no role, and I was even a matrixed uh, reporting. But I was entrepreneurial and I was asked to go solve problems that were coming up in the company or new problems and all that. 
and I really didn't fit anywhere in the org chart. And, 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 and so, and I said this to everybody out there, everyone today, we don't need more entrepreneurs, but we need more people to be entrepreneurial, mm. being extremely creative in how you solve problems. And, and everybody in the company today must play a role in helping create demand and then convert that demand. Every single person. And, 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 and that's the thing that's helped me. That's the, the story of the Mark Cubans of the world. That's the story of business success today is, is not having a title or a role and not being an entrepreneur, but becoming truly entrepreneurial. I think because that's beautiful, beautifully put. The, the problems are more complex and challenging than ever. That will not slow down. That will only intensify. And that's the th message I'm trying to teach my son today. And I'm trying to teach him. I'm saying, you know, uh, you can be anything you want. I, I just want you to be entrepreneurial. I don't care if you're a doctor. I don't care if you're an artist. I don't, you pick your path, but you're going to have to be entrepreneurial because you're going to have to figure out how to solve problems. If you're a musician, how do you make money when, when streaming is free? You're going to have to be entrepreneurial. So um, one more thing we ask all of our guests to share yeah. um, are some of their favorite reads. Besides this book, um, that uh, uh, what would you say? Like, What are some of your favorite reads that you want to share with our listeners and viewers? Yeah, and I was, uh, it was funny. I was telling my son the other night, I said, when I was in eighth grade, I read Think and Grow Rich. <laughs> and, and I kind of had this inkling that maybe someday I could write a book like this. But, but I read that book and, and, that, that, and that really connected to me. And I said, you know, I, I, I love this. I'm not sure I understand it all and, and, and I don't know how to use it all, but, but I, I love this book. It, and, and, and it was the first, and I, and I was talking to the librarian and, and, and she said, yeah, this is called a how-to book. And I'm like, <laughs> a how-to book? What, what is that? And she goes, well, it teaches you how to do things. And I'm like, wow. That's cool, and 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 I and I have said, and, and that's what I've tried to do today. I've I've, I've tried to write the how-to book for entrepreneurs. I've I've tried to so think and grow rich, and, and I'm going to give you the roadmap on how to do it, because and Napoleon Hills and those classics. I loved all those books. They're inspirational. They're still good today. When I wrote this book, I wasn't trying to write the book for. COVID or this year, I was trying to write the book that you're going to read three times, you're going to read five times, you're going to read every few years, and you're going to keep going back to the roadmap, because that's that's the beauty of Think and Grow Rich and these other books is they're good forever. Mm. And, so, and so I'd have to say that How to Win Friends and Influence People, Think and Grow Rich, the absolute classics and the how-to, or it actually has a new name today. It's not how-to anymore. And I've learned this through uh, my publisher, McGraw-Hill. They're called prescriptive books there's a prescription in here on how to do things and so um yeah that's uh that, so, that was my inspiration to do that yeah fascinating by the way it's a good great list of books so um we ask all of our guests to share so this is the last but not the least question uh, for the session so yeah. if you want our listeners and viewers to take away something from this conversation yeah what would that central uh, thought or theme be that that our listeners and viewers should take away yeah, I, I'll go back to this core point is that whether an entrepreneur, business leader, an employee, the focus, what we've been taught, told, and sold is to start, run, and grow a business and you'll be successful. Throw that away. Get rid of that. 
you've got to elevate. You've got to transition today to say, you know what, I, 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 whether I'm starting a business or I'm running a business, I've got to be saying, how do I create wealth, not for me, but for the market and my clients to make sure I'm around forever to continue to deliver the value that we offer. Beautifully put. Uh, with that, Kent, uh, thank you so much yeah. for being really generous with your time. And I think, uh, as you rightly, I don't have to. I don't have to sell pretty much this book. To be very frank, I think very few times, um, uh, as you rightly said, this is the apt time for value generation. And there are very few books actually that that sort of give you some some tooling and insights for that. And I think thank you for bringing in your perspective uh, yeah. into the landscape. I could not uh, wait to read your book. Um, but uh, with wish nothing but success on this journey, and please yeah. come back to the show and and yeah. discuss with our listeners how it the the journey being and and do you have any plan for the sequel of this book? Uh, I I do I I, I do and and, and uh, yeah and, and and right now it's getting it out there and getting the roadmap because this this is actually the beginning this this is not the most advanced. I have about six hundred modules in my programs. This represents about twenty or thirty modules. So if, if you master these proficiencies, I've got the next level, uh, organizational architecture and, and more things to get very advanced and very sophisticated. But right now, people just need to know how to make money and create wealth. So that's that's where I'm starting. <laughs> and then, yeah, a lot more books. There, there's three. Yeah, I, was, I, I was thinking I was thinking one of the app, uh, title for the next book would be Millionaire Two Billionaires. Because that's the that's that's, that's uh, like it, good it, to great and great to good. He goes, what? Why don't you write millionaire to billionaire? And I said, Mark, I haven't made a lot of billionaires. I've made a lot of millionaires. And I said, you're the billionaire guy. There just aren't there. There aren't many. But you know what? You can become a billionaire following this path because because it will work. So yeah, I I think I'm, I'll go to uh, where I want to go to next is around helping the employee understand being an entrepreneur, being entrepreneurial. Be, because it really takes everybody in the company today. So that's that's one of the next paths I'm talking about. Uh, also, the leadership side of this. How, how do you lead with this thinking? Um, that kind of thing. So, yeah, there's 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 a lot more to come. Uh, right now, it's just helping people figure out how to create that wealth in the business. Thank you so much, Ken. And, and, and I, I do appreciate you spending time with our, our listeners and viewers. And viewers yeah. and listeners, uh, I'll put the link of the book uh, in the description. And then, and also Kent's website, if you want to learn more on on his practices, on how he's uh, preaching this art of uh, getting the business model right. And, and as I don't have to tell every one of you how important it is to get the revenue going. And I think it's as as an entrepreneur, I can attest to it that uh, having a revenue side is is more critical than ever because many of us are now tuned to train about the growth but we rarely talk about the revenue. So I think this is uh, pretty fitting on that. So with that, thank you so much, uh, Ken, for your time on this. You're, you're welcome. I certainly enjoyed it. Awesome.